welcome to the Deep Two NBA podcast. My name's Sean, and joining me as always is the one and only Dante Boff and Mr. Boff, my man. How are we? So good. I haven't had anything tasty to eat though. So I was actually going to ask that. What'd you yeah. have for dinner? Uh, I had a donut. Yeah, it's not very nutritious. Nah, it's terrible. But oh. it was there. You know, I came home and there was like a. You know, when you come home and there's like a, like a. It's obviously from a bakery, like a container on the bench, and you're like, oh fuck, what's that? Anyway, mum was like, it's a donut. And I was like, all right, well, I guess I'm going to eat it. And here we are. So, yeah, so it's quarter to nine at the moment and you've had no dinner. Yeah, no dinner. Shit, man. I had... I'm um, looking after myself. That's not looking after yourself. That's <laughs> starving yourself. I had um, I had honey glazed beef sausages. That actually sounds delectable. Yeah, and I had four of them. Oh, my goodness me. So, or, you know, collectively the two of us are full. Yeah, we've had, we've had a, a couple of... Fancy dinners then. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. Now for the reason people clicked on the episode. Um, today, we're going to be talking about the biggest news in the NBA this week, which isn't the Townsend and Bede fight, which should we touch on that? I don't know. Maybe we'll do it later. But we're going to be talking about Steph Curry, who uh, went to went for a layup against, you know, it was ironically both of our teams, um, mm. Aaron Baines, the big seven-footer, uh, fell over. In while taking a charge, and he fell on Steph Curry, and he broke his second metatarsal, meta metacarpal, metatarsal. Yeah. In one of them, <laughs> it's pretty, it's pretty meta. He broke his hand. He broke <laughs> his hand, and um, you know, went on to have surgery, and now Steph Curry is going to be out for at least three months. But it seems likely that you know he might be out for the season because why would you bring him back? So yeah. a big blow for a team that. I saw I saw someone had the stat that said in the last six games um, that the Warriors have played that have counted towards playoffs or regular season records, um, they lost Kevin Durant to Achilles, Clay Thompson to ACL, lost the NBA Finals, started the season, and then now have lost Steph Curry. That's a pretty miserable six game stretch. <laughs> and if you if you call it a seven game stretch, including today's game against the Hornets, um, Draymond Green didn't play and D'Angelo Russell didn't play for seemingly minor injuries, but injuries nonetheless. Jeez. <laughs> yeah, when you put it in the context of the last you know, six the games. last six games, that's quite miserable. But this season was already looking like a worst-case scenario for the Warriors. People were saying, you know, even before Steph got injured, um, there was a lot of discussion before the, before the season as to whether or not this was going to be a playoff team. Mm-hmm. Their over-under was set at 46, so Vegas thought that they'd be right in that right yeah. in that hunt for one of the lower Western Conference seeds. Some people um, were like quite bullish on their chances and thinking that they had a chance to push 50. Other people were saying, yeah. like, there's no depth here. This is going to be a real problem. And the season started, and it's quite clear that there's no depth and it's a real problem, even with Steph. Yeah. So yeah. you've seen this dude for three months, and you're right. It's three months recovery time, but if it's marginal, they're not going to rush him back. And yeah. if the season's down the toilet, then there's no reason why they'd even bring him back. They'd probably just shut him down for the rest of the season. Mm. It's, yeah. I mean, it, it looks yeah. like a completely lost season. Like we were talking about it before. Their point guard rotation is made up of Kai. Jordan Poole, who's <laughs> not a point guard, and Kai Bowman, who I've never even heard of. Yeah, so, he had a, had a nice game today. He hit a couple of threes. Um, but he's just, uh, no, I know you're Googling him right now. Uh, yeah, he, yeah. Uh, he's just a small, he's a small guard with blonde tips and pretty much plays like every other small guard that's been in the G League before. Um, 
I think I think it's a bit of a get out of jail free card for the Warriors because as you said, some people were really high on this season, some people were really low, but either way it was kind of a lost season. We were never gonna win the championship without Clay Thompson. Um, and obviously bringing in such a big piece in D'Angelo Russell, we don't know what's gonna happen. Um, so it was always, you know, what are we gonna do this season? Maybe Steph Curry will have another MVP, maybe it'll be something fun. Um, but then, you know, the real the real prize is gonna be next season. And now instead of middling about, and maybe, let's say we got 42 wins on the season, like let's say we beat the bad teams, um, got 42 wins, that's that's great, like, yeah, that's wonderful. Now we have the 14th pick and not really, not much, not much room for growth, but now that we're, you know, <laughs> today's game against Charlotte showed that we are one of the worst teams in the league, if not the worst team in the league. Yeah. Um, can I just talk a little bit about down the end of that game? I think, so we were... We we were down by I think it was no it was tied or down by one and we had the ball inbounding. It was Damien Lee inbounding the ball with like I think it was twenty five seconds left and he's getting ready to inbound the ball. Everyone's like, Oh, is it gonna go to Eric Pascal? We had twenty five <laughs> points. But I was just thinking like, Oh my god, he's gonna he's gonna be the closer, Eric Pascal. And we went to inbound it and the ball got stolen, like tipped on the inbound. Yeah. And then Damien Lee knocked it out of bounds. So then they got the ball, 25 seconds left. We fouled them. Um, I think it was Terry Rogier who missed both of his free throws. Predictable. They got the offensive rebound and we fouled them. And then they got they made one, missed one. They missed the second one. They got another offensive rebound. <laughs> Off the free throw. Off the free throw. That's absolutely shambolic. So while they did me, I think they ended up missing like four of the last six free throws or something stupid. They got every single offensive rebound, and it was just like we just kept shooting ourselves in the foot. Like we had it, we had the chance to inbound it to Eric Pascal, and like whatever that means. Like I don't know if that means that you win the game, but at least you get a shot at winning the game. But we like went from a chance to like, oh, maybe we get a three to tie. You know, hope we go to overtime just to nothing. Anyway, moral of the story is we're bad at basketball. Um, but it's a get out of jail free card because now we can tank. Um, well, the good thing is that you have your own first round pick this season if it falls yeah. 1 to 20. That was the first round pick that was included in the sign and trade with Brooklyn yeah. for KD and Russell. So it was looking like it would convey potentially as like a, you know, maybe like the 24th pick if mm. it was a good season, whatever. But now that you're probably going to finish in the lottery it's good to have that pick either mm. as a bit of an injection of young talent because i mean never forget what uh what kind of value you can get on a player if you've got the eighth overall pick that player's cap hit for the next four years it can be pretty low and if you can get a real contributor you can have an injection yeah. of young talent onto an older team that can really, really turn the tide or you can go the cleveland it, the okay. cleveland route where you trade it for help right away but it's yeah. It saves it from being the full worst case scenario, which would be that your pick goes elsewhere, which is the Brooklyn Nets scenario where yeah. it doesn't quite um, pan out how you wanted, and all of a sudden you're just in hell because not only are you terrible with no room to get better, but all of your assets have gone to another team. Which well, we, we still we still do owe 
a lot of our future picks to the Grizzlies for the Andre Iguodala trade, like yeah. in like twenty twenty four. Yeah. But good thing about this Brooklyn this Brooklyn pick is that if we keep our pick this year, it conveys into a twenty twenty five second. Yeah. Which so is almost, like yeah, extremely irrelevant. Yeah, almost nothing. And I don't know how that got negotiated. Like I don't know how they negotiated Chuck it five years in the future. But I'm not worried about that. But a few people have been talking in recent, you know, in the couple last couple of days about how the Spurs got Tim Duncan when. Mm. Um, David Robertson and Sean Elliott were out for the season, so then they tanked. They famously beat Boston out to get the first pick. They got one dude called Tim Duncan, and they've pretty much set themselves up since 1997 until today. Really, you could say, yeah, you know that you know <laughs> the Spurs are good at basketball, um, but there's no this draft. You know, very early returns. There doesn't seem to be a Tim Duncan or a Zion Williamson or an Anthony Davis. This you know, I think maybe like Lamelo might even be the top pick. Lamelo or James Wiseman. James Wiseman, and I don't want to start saying names because as soon as I start saying names, I get excited. Like, <laughs> like you know, I'm going to start watching the highlights of like this random high school kid. It's like, yeah, he's going to be the dude that unlocks Draymond's offense. Like, this is this is where we go. But I think it, again, it is a get out of jail free card because now we've got the opportunities to. Now we've got the opportunities to, yeah, we go in with maybe a high pick, maybe. Hopefully we don't draft someone like Colin Sexton with the eighth pick, but maybe we go in with a high pick um, and we can head in. We'll have our two best players back. Um, hopefully Draymond will still be there, which we'll touch on soon. And then we can sort of just retool on the fly and sign any veteran minimum, like the yeah. David Wests of the world. Yeah, well, there's a scary lack of NBA talent on this roster at the moment. Mm-hmm. So getting... And we, we touched on it last week that because the Warriors are up against a hard cap, they can't actually make any additions to their roster until later on in the season. It's like March. Yeah, so they're pretty much stuck with Kai Bowman being there, you know, running the point for them. Fan the, favourite after yeah, one day. Yeah, fan favourite after one day. Like, it's just, yeah, Damien Lee, Steph's brother-in-law, signed off the street pretty much, like, yeah. not an NBA caliber player. It's really grim when you're talking about a close game against the Charlotte Hornets. That we who, didn't even finish. Yeah, they win. didn't yeah, they didn't even finish, but you're talking about like, oh, like it was really disappointing that we couldn't inbound the ball to Eric Pascal. <laughs> That's like maybe one of the grimmest sentences yeah, I've ever yeah. heard. Um, and then throw in the repeated missed free throws and the inability to actually go the board. Like it's really yeah. evident that this is just a terrible team. Um the 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 concerning thing is that Obviously, it's a small sample size. It's only he's only played five games, but Russell hasn't really looked looked acclimated to taking on you know like the the huge role and really meshing with the team. And Draymond like sneakily has been not super good. Mm. And it's a very start of a Draymond season. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've sort of gotten used to seeing him like this at the start of seasons. Yeah, well, I mean, it's all that talk last year about how he played himself back into shape, but you know. Yeah. You're paying the bloke $25 million a year so that he can actually come into season yeah, in shape. Yeah. If, yeah, I mean, if he takes a quarter of a season to actually get like game ready, you could be staring <laughs> down the barrel of a really bad season, which begs the question, what do you do with Russell? Because yeah. well, Russell, when he came over uh, in the off-season, it was obviously because the Warriors were just like, holy shit, Kevin Durant's going, like, let's just grab any asset that we can. And yeah. he just happened to be, you know, like in inverted commas, like available. Yeah. So they just snapped him up. For you know, KD was leaving anyway, so it, it worked out. It was a pretty good trade for them, but there was all that talk from the get go. Potentially, this is a dude who you might look to trade. 
once Clay comes back and you've got the original big three in Clay, Steph and Draymond, you might look to just roll with that team and trade him for someone with a smaller cap hit and then use that extra space to try and fill the roster out a little bit more. Mm. With this injury, do you think Russell's more or less likely to be traded this season? Uh, I think he's less likely to be traded this season um, just because if we do get a trade for someone of present value now, like, I mean, I've talked a lot about the getting Robert Covington. Mm. If we can get someone like Robert Covington, like, that's great, and he fits in perfectly when you've got, you know, essentially two ball handlers and Stephen Clay. But with this team, with Kai Bowman, Eric Pascal, Jordan Poole, throwing in, um, throwing in like, a killer role player in Robert Covington doesn't really do much because... Mm. For the rest of the season, like yes, you're not going to win games, but you need someone to handle the ball. Like, yeah, it's it's a bit like Sixers process. If yeah. you're just throwing out like Robert Covington, you know, ironically, who was on the process, yeah, um, with all these spuds, essentially, these blokes who actually have like cinder blocks for hands and yeah. don't know how to. But then yeah. you, you also got to think like, who really cares? Like this season's a throwaway. If you see the trade, that is, you know, Covington and Jeff Teague for Russell then you're like, okay, well, may as well just do that because it's not about what we do right now. Like, let's let's just throw Kai Bowman out there for 48. I feel bad for the bloke. Like, we're giving him a lot of shit tonight. But um, but it's just illustrative. I literally had never even heard of him before half an hour ago. Mm. So, yeah. And I don't know if you know, but I'm pretty plugged in on the NBA. <laughs> got my own podcast. Yeah. The, the only, the, <laughs> we've got our own podcast. The, Singular. The, the, only thing, the only thing that worries me about this season now is that, as you said, D'Angelo Russell hasn't played that well so far. And he signed with the Warriors, but there was definitely buzz from Minnesota and Phoenix that they, yeah, that they wanted him. That, that was the whole reason why we traded yeah. um, TJ Warren and Josh oh, I thought it was, was to get Ricky Rubio. Yeah, well... <laughs> I mean, so, Ricky Rubio was the Spanish tapas consolation prize. Yeah, but you, Rick, Rick, Rick Rubio. Rubio. <laughs> but you assume you assume that both those teams and maybe others still have interest in getting Russell. But if they watch a whole season of him jacking up like twenty threes a game, making three, um, you know, not really doing anything at all, like having one of the highest usages in the league, uh, losing a lot of games, does that sort of decrease their interest in? Um, in trading for Russell? Potentially. It, but it, it depends can't be good. On, it depends on their evaluation of him last season. And like you and I, we we take his all-star appearance with a grain of salt. Yeah. We watched him the first half of last season when before Karis LeVert got injured and we were both thinking Karis LeVert's a better player. Right. Obviously, he kind of really stepped up to the plate and lifted himself, like his own game and the team across the second half of last season and was, was rewarded with an all-star berth. But the caliber of player that's making an all-star team in the East last season is not comparable to the West. So again, you give mm. it a grain of salt. You, you say maybe that season wasn't as good as the accolades might appear. But if a team like Minnesota was enamored with him and they don't see, they, they see that it's a, it's a pretty terrible situation for him so far in Golden State, and they're more confident in their evaluation of him from last season, then I don't see why you don't do it, especially for a team like Mini, where it's like, well, what do you... Obviously, they've started really hot. They're 4-1 through their first yeah, five games. Jeff T's getting his, like, 10-10. and 10. Yeah, let's let's assume that they are looking to add, like, another elite-level talent. Like, you could talk yourself into Russell. One thing that I am curious about, um, a team like Miami has been linked a lot to... Chris Paul, yeah. uh, in large part because they've got like four or five dudes on their roster who make about 11 or 12 million per mm. year. So you could chuck a couple of those in 
couple of those mid-range salaries in maybe a pick maybe like you know a, like a fringe young player mm-hmm. and make an offer for it what if a team like Miami was like all right look let's let's get this dude who's under contract I think he's I think he makes what like 28 million a year annually or something yeah. so if you package like Justice Winslow and Myers Leonard Myers um, Leonard or Kelly or yeah, yeah. and then salary filler you could get you but could you, get you would need more than that like that's that's not gonna do yeah you well maybe you throw like Tyler like, Hero no, nah, they wouldn't do. They they wouldn't. Kendrick do it. Nunn. Yeah, well, I think Kendrick <laughs> Nunn's probably played his way into untouchable status so far. <laughs> Kendrick Nunn has the most points in his first five games that's from such, a rookie that's such a weird since stat. Kevin Durant. Uh, Kendrick well, Nunn I, I don't literally like that stat. Kendrick Nunn literally was drafted last year and spent the entire year in the G League. Like he didn't get one second of NBA. <laughs> yeah, playing did, time. Did you watch? Um, did you watch Dallas Lakers yesterday? Yeah, I did. And did, did you see the stat at the end where it's like the Luka Doncic and LeBron? have the highest yeah. like the biggest difference in ages between op- opposition players that have a triple double yeah and I'm like that's too many yeah words. no it wasn't even a triple double it was like 30 10 and 15 it's it like the most obscure niche stat I think the best stat of all time is is going around on Facebook like maybe like a year ago it's like <laughs> it's about Thad Young <laughs> and it's like the only players in NBA history to average 13.4 points 5.9 rebounds, <laughs> 2.6 assists with 1.3 blocks and one steal. And it's like Wilt, Michael Jordan, LeBron, Magic, and Thad Young. <laughs> it was like the actual, like, it was like an ESPN graphic. And you just have to be like, what the fuck are you actually doing, ESPN? <laughs> yeah. Come back to us. Well, yeah, it's exactly like when Doris Burke said that. Like, she said it with like, you know, two minutes to go in overtime. And I was like, why? Like, you clearly went into this game with that stat ready, yeah. anticipating it. Yeah, ready Good on you go. for being prepared. But, yeah. like, I don't want to hear it. Um, back to Russell. We'll just we'll if, finish up. If a team like Miami made that offer where it was, like, Olenek and Olenek or Leonard with Justice Winslow and then, like, maybe Kendrick Nunn. Yeah. I think we'll see Tyler Hero before we see Kendrick Nunn. I, I don't think so. Okay. Tyler Hero's the first round pick. And he also... As he's as he'll, as he'll tell you, he's a bucket. <laughs> he scored twenty seven points in his third NBA game. Yep. <laughs> I don't know. I'm like kind of like maybe dipping my toes into the um, Tyler Hero hype train, like like just testing it out. Yeah. No. Good luck with that. But um, I'm at the, I'm like thinking about buying my ticket. <laughs> but I think. Teams, as we know, this uh, this off season class, this off season group of free agents is absolute crap, um, and teams are going to look to improve in the off season, and there's going to be nothing around. And we've talked about it a bit before that that's where we reckon what well, we sort of has to as well, where Bradley Beal would get moved because mm. you know teams going to look around, they're not going to sign AD, Brandon Ingram is restricted, maybe you can't get that, and then after that, it's like what's left. So yeah. teams going to look to upgrade via trade. Um, and then if Golden State still has Russell by that time, um, you know, whether whether the shine's still on his name, whether he's, you know, still... Yeah, well, it becomes more difficult if he has a bad season this yeah. year for another team to justify, you know, ignoring it and going off their evaluation of him last yeah. year. Like, yeah, six-game sample size is enough where you can still kind of convince yourself that over yeah. a large sample last year, like, he was elite... But if, well, how how much have we changed in these six games? Like how much? I mean, not six games. How much has Golden State changed in these five games? Yeah. Starting on day one against the Clippers, and uh, well, you know, day two, three against the Clippers, just absolutely, absolutely getting blown out, and then Steph didn't look too well. 
to then, you know, getting blown out by 30 against Phoenix, Steph getting injured. And now today, again, we were watching Kai Bowman and mm. Glenn Robinson the third. Yeah. Hit a couple of threes. I mean, it was bad. Like, it's, it's been bad from the get-go. Like, yeah. you were down by 31 in the first quarter of the Phoenix game. Yeah. It was 41 to 10 yeah. at one point. That's cooked. Which is, you know, that's like awful. It's like the like the 96 Bulls versus the Charlotte Hornets from 2011 kind of numbers. Yeah. It's like Bismack Beyond Birds come through with a cheeky six points. Yeah. <laughs> Terrible. I it, it really is looking like this season's going to be requiem for a warrior. Um, yeah, like they're already showing that they're like not necessarily going to shy away from holding out Russell and Green. Mm. Looney's still out. Steph Clay. I don't know. It's going to be a big ask for Steve Kerr to get anything from this team. <laughs> well, what what excites me is I've written down here a potential lineup for opening night on 2020-2021. Already <laughs> looking to next season. So Steph Clay, Robert Covington, Draymond Green, Kevon Ludi, off the bench, you've got Eric Pascal, <laughs> the fifth overall pick, Glenn Robinson the third, and a bunch of Anthony Tolliver types. It's, see, it's still pretty grim that you're putting Glenn Robinson the <laughs> third as your eighth man in there. Like, Glenn Robinson sucks. He's so bad. <laughs> but he's, he's the right body. Like, he's the right... Yeah, well, it's exactly what you said last week about Alfonso McKinney, where he's at least a three-sized <laughs> person. Like, he's at least got the right physical dimensions. No, nah, but Glenn Rob's like, he's got tools. Yeah, well... He just hasn't put them together. When he hits threes, it looks good. Yeah, it looks great. It takes about three seconds to get it off, but it looks good. Yeah, fantastic. Anyway, I feel like we should move on from... Because we've just spent... 20 minutes bashing the Warriors and I've still got a couple of months to watch Warriors games. <laughs> um, one thing that I was going to say on the Warriors is that before today's game, um, Golden State had the second worst point differential in the league at negative um, 17.2. Um, that's actually going to increase after losing today by, what is it, two, three points. Mm. Um, they were second worst in the league to Sacramento, who are at negative 17.3. Mm. And Sacramento, as well as a few other teams that we're going to touch on, look like absolute turds. They did look good against Utah in their first <laughs> win of the season, but that followed a five-game losing skid. Mm. So it's... Yeah, it's not good. We talked. We spent a lot of airtime over <laughs> the off season talking about the three free agent acquisitions that the Kings made. Just a little aside: mm. Deadman, Joseph, and Trevor Ariza. Ariza's washed. Joseph looks actually pretty good, and Deadman looks terrible. So much so that they're starting Rashawn Holmes over him. Like Rashawn Holmes is getting like the bulk of the five minutes and Deadman is legitimately standing in the corner jacking threes and missing them all did I uh, is that lucky to graze the rim did I uh, did I tell you that yeah you did you were you were on it you I were told on you it so. from the get go <laughs> you were on it from the get go yeah they picked up Rashawn Holmes for like peanuts and six games in their high priced free agent is like pretty much on the bench bubble wrapped uh, I don't know what, I don't know what they do I don't you, know where to go. Do you like rehire Dave Yeager or like? <laughs> no, nah, you give it. You give it. You give it half a season before you assess. If you need to make some moves at the trade deadline, you've got chips. Like, you know. But I mean, it just doesn't make sense. Like, yes, you change your, you change your coach, and you've sort of changed the way the team op- operates, and you've really slowed down. But you are still a good team who were young, still are young, and they have to improve. But. Like just from players like Darren Fox, who just haven't been performing as well as you wrote about before the season, mm. 
um, Buddy Heald got his bag and then just sort of coasted. Mm. And maybe it's not great to ask a 26, 27-year-old to improve a lot. Yeah, but if, if Buddy just needs to maintain his 20 game with mm. the threat of the shot. I mean, worst case scenario, this continues and they're not looking good. A dude like Bogdanovich closer to the trade deadline has a lot of value. Mm. Um, and yeah, if you're willing to pay him beyond the season, you'll have his restricted rights. Well, I mean, exactly. You'll have his restricted rights, but... For a, a team that can contend, his cap hit is his cap hit's only like seven million this but year. Those, so. those teams, those teams, the teams that need him are Sacramento. You know what I mean? So they should like doing that is sort of a selling move, and they should be buying. As yeah, they, but you know they don't have the assets necessarily to yeah. buy without moving off someone like that because the only really the only assets that they can send out that will allow them to bring back something substantial in terms of their cap are the three dudes that they just signed. Yeah. And no one's trading for Ariza because Ariza <laughs> just looks... Ariza looks like he just came out of the washing machine. Yeah, he's been hung yeah. out to dry. Yeah. And Deadman is not blocking shots. He's not rolling <laughs> to the rim. He's legitimately standing in the corner. And it's... It's gross. It's not pretty. Mm. That whole 38.9% from three of the last two seasons in Atlanta doesn't look so... Yeah. Doesn't look so good now. No. Um, yeah. Well, um, something that we talked about heading in was... Uh, how tough the playoff pitch is going to be and um, in the West. And you look at the West and you say, all right, well, um, who was it was moving out? Uh, well, okay, so you OKC. OKC is moving OKC out. OKC is moving out. Maybe um, the and, Spurs. And the Lakers. they started 4-1. <laughs> well, the Lakers, we're going to, let's say the Lakers are <coughs> interchanged with um, with OKC. Yeah, yeah. Let's say the Spurs are staying in, even though they started off undefeated against bad teams. Mm. But... Let's just let's just say for the sake of argument that the Spurs will stay in. Mm. There's one spot available now because the Warriors, the Warriors, the Warriors out. are out, yeah. and it looks a lot like Dallas's spot. Yeah, well, that's not even including Minnesota, who's surged in. Yeah, so you got Minnesota, Dallas. So far, when we did our season previews, it was pretty much like, do you prefer the Kings or the, the Kings, the Kings? And the Pelicans, or do you prefer the Mavs and the Timberwolves? And we yeah. were both staunchly <laughs> in the former camp when in reality, Carl Anthony Towns is actually Obelisk the Tormentor come again. <laughs> and Luka Doncic, everyone who was saying last season, Luka Doncic is probably, this is as good as he's going to get because yeah. he came, like he's so experienced, he came into the league already haven't played professionally for five years, like he's probably here to sailing. You must feel so fucking dumb <laughs> right about now because Luka Doncic just elevated his game. KP looks good. They're getting contributions from dudes like Dorian Finney-Smith, Dwight yeah. Powell, Seth Curry, Jalon Wright looks good. Anyway, the Mavs... And no, the Zinger. The Zinger's healthy. Yeah, he's like healthy. He, he may... He can't run, but at least he's healthy. Yeah, he definitely can't run. He looks like actually Slender Man out there. Um... But hey, he shoots threes. Yeah, so I'll I just, take Slenderman with a hot hand. I'm just waiting for the photo of like it's halftime in Dallas and those two are at the front just like smoking, smoking cigarettes. Smoking darts. <laughs> these, two, these two European dudes like <laughs> drinking lemonade. Smoking darts and eating cured meats in like a dingy garage. <laughs> <laughs> because they look like it. And um, another side note, Doncic complains a lot to the refs. Yeah. Um, and like, so for the, that whole LA game, I was like, all right, you know, you sort of sold that, you sold that a bit. And then he got hit in the head with, by Dwight Howard. And I was like, come on, man, like, I can't even see it. All of a sudden, three stitches later, yeah. and he's still playing. And he made 
it should have been the winning play mm. um, where he, where he kicks it out to DFS. Mm. Did you did you see the Dwight Howard illegal screen at the end yeah, of Seth Curry? That yeah. was that was bullshit. That especially got... in a season where any and every illegal screen is being called yeah. the other way. Like it's been called stricter than we've ever seen it before, and yeah. somehow yeah. that absolute travesty of an illegal screen got away. Uh, yeah, that really pissed me off. I had something really grumpy written on Twitter in the. Uh, in my like in my tray but i didn't press tweet good self-restraint yeah thanks unlike unlike two people we know in carl anthony towns and joel Embiid. oh my goodness me a bit of instagram beef um just letting you know the next time those two play is going to be in march which is just it's a shame that it's so far away but i'll definitely be getting the popcorn out for that one nba should flex them into a christmas day game (laughs) just for everyone the worst part about i don't know worst or best the the most interesting part about it is that it puts Kyle Anthony Towns and Ben Simmons' bromance, I don't know, like, is it on the rocks? Oh, they got a bromance. Yeah, they're like gamer best friends. They used to always play Fortnite together and it's like- Oh, with like Josh Hart Live stream themselves. And all of a sudden, <laughs> Kyle Anthony Towns on the floor and Ben Simmons got him in a headlock. Yeah, that was that was a bit fucked, that. Um, yeah, ben and Simmons then- Ben Simmons didn't get anything. Like yeah, ben, yeah, so Kat and Embiid both got suspended and Simmons didn't even get fined because the yeah. NBA judged that he was a peacemaker. <laughs> Like unless that's the, unless that's like the new move that he's calling that headlock, like the wrestling move, <laughs> his new WWE the name, peacemaker, peacemaker, literally like head in in the fucking flex of the. If arm. you look closely, you can see Carl Anthony Towns' eyes and tongue actually bulge out of his mouth <laughs> as Simmons puts him in the headlock. Um, anyway, that was um pretty insane. And then obviously there was like the Embiid cat. Insta back and forth after where I was raised by lions. Where MB was like, I was raised by lions, and then Cat responds with the video, the picture of MB crying. crying after the playoff loss. <laughs> I was like, it's good though because I was um I was talking to a mate about it, and I'm like, I'm just really happy that two people hate each other again because like yes, it's great. Everyone plays Fortnite, and it's just a big happy little circle jerk. But I'm happy that there's like a bit of beef going on because what's really pissed me off is that Luka Doncic and Trey Young should be like. You know, rivals to Nemesis. like the end of their lives. Yeah, but then um, Trey Young goes down. Luka Doncic is like, "Oh, what a competitor! Like, come back stronger." And it's yeah. like, "Shut up! Like, just destroy him!" Like, mm. and it's all it's all too uh, sounded like Charles Barkley. It was all <laughs> it's all a bit too cuddly and lovey. Um, yeah, I want to see these two dudes absolutely like kill each other and get into another fight in March. I want to see Giannis have someone like that as well because. For the last two years, he's been there's been a lot of talk coming from Giannis and his camp, like the NBA is too lovey dubby, exactly what you're just saying. But Giannis has kind of been all talk on that, like all he ever does is like dunk and then mean one. I want to see Giannis like actually punch someone in the face. <laughs> I want to see Giannis five game suspension because he did something absolutely terrible to like Jimmy Butler. Yeah, you know, like Jimmy Butler and Giannis got. Oh, I'm getting I'm getting tingles. Just yeah, like it. like um Houston Clippers like going down the going down the entrance of the locker yeah, room. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. And it's like Austin Rivers is like, oh, I know where it is, guys. Like, I know where the secret entrance is. Come with me. What a snitch. Yeah. Also, that's... I wouldn't follow Austin Rivers into a fight. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my lasting impression of Austin Rivers is just Austin Rivers from the Game of Zones cartoon. Uh, Remember that episode? No. <clears throat> it's when, it's when um, Doc's going to trade him and he's just like the most <laughs> helpless. He's like the most helpless little creature of all time. It's like, poor Austin. Anyway, he's a successful NBA player who's made millions of dollars. So, credit to him. I think we'll just wrap up today with a little bit of a look at what's going on 
in the crowded Eastern Conference and two of the teams that have surprised us the most in a negative way through the first couple of games have been teams that we kind of had penciled in as going to be pushing for a top four seed mm. in the East, which is the Pacers and the Nets. So the Pacers are two and three through five games and the Nets are two and four through six. Um, the Pacers, yeah, looked really, really, really bad early on. Mm. And now Miles Turner's gone down for at least two weeks mm. injured, as well as Edmund Sumner, who... Was starting at the two for him. Yeah, was starting at the two, and his hand injury didn't look good. So um, the one bright spot for the Pacers has been someone that, again, we've dedicated a lot of airwaves to over the last maybe three months, DeMontis Sabonis, who's averaging 22-11 with two and a half assists on 57 from the field and 42% from three, which is just crazy numbers. Like, if he keeps that up, he's obviously going to be an all-star. But the big thing with that is with Turner going down, they have no inside defensive presence because the backup big man for Turner and Sabonis is Goga. Who was actually playing alongside him. Like, they're dedicated to the 2B. Yeah, they're dedicated to the 2B, but Goga is like canter light in turn or canter heavy in terms of defensive ability and Sabonis averages 0.4 steals and 0.6 blocks. Mm-hmm. So there's not coming from anywhere. And then the problem with playing Sabonis at the five and then bringing someone up from the four is that the options are TJ Leaf who hasn't looked very good or bringing TJ Warren who's nominally a three up to the four. And I've just pulled some of TJ Warren's stats <laughs> He's averaging 12 points, <clears throat> 12 points and four boards in 35 minutes. So this bloke, minutes. this bloke is playing. He's like 11th <laughs> in the league in minutes. Uh, and he's shooting 39% from the field. And I just want to be on the record and say that the next number isn't a typo. He's shooting 8.3% from three. Yeah. It, it looks like there should be another number in front of that. Like maybe like, maybe <laughs> like a two. Like at least give, a two. Give us a two. Like please give us a two. He's shooting 8% from three, yeah. which, uh, yeah, for those following along at home, is approximately four out of 50. So that's some quick math for you. That's real quick. Yeah. I guess you could Just also call it, it eight out of 100. <laughs> you could call it eight yeah, out of 100. That's, um... So they're stuck between a rock and a hard place with either relying on Demo, who's not a defensive center, to hold down the paint and then having a bunch of nothing at the four, or they bring in Goga and play, play him alongside Demo, and, you know, it, oh, yeah, it's, it doesn't it's look good. Pretty, yeah. Brogdon's also played really well so far, yeah. and between him and Demo, like, that's some pretty high-end talent that's playing really well through the first part of the season, but it hasn't translated, and mm. the Turner injury is troubling. Yeah. They've lost. And, yeah, obviously, Oladipo still down, and, yeah, I don't where does he fit in all of this? Because when he comes back, he's going to need to be given the ball, but he's obviously not going to be 100% as soon as he gets back. So then you're taking the ball out of Brogdon's hands, who's getting like double-digit assist games mm. and is really efficient. Um, I don't know. It's I think, the, I think the, the, the good thing for projecting forward where this team's going to go is that Brogdon is a really good complementary player. And we saw that in Milwaukee when he was kind of like the third fiddle to Giannis and Middleton. Mm. And he... Can pick his spots, and he's averaging he's averaging twenty two and ten so far this season. So he's you know, showing at least earlier that he can kind of carry the load. But I think he'll be a good fit next to Oladipo if he comes back healthy or if he takes a bit of time. But mm. these games that they're going to lose early, we talked about it last week with a team like the Nuggets, where they're just like you know eking out those ugly wins. Like the Pacers are losing these games early, and with teams like Miami and Orlando stacking wins together, yeah, that's going to be the competition for. 
Yeah. For that four, it's, five, six yeah. spot. My prediction that that would be a top four in the East isn't looking very good. Yeah. So far. I, I, well, I had probably them and the Nets as three and four. And the Nets, despite Kyrie Irving looking like an absolute beast, have been... It's a very Kyrie Irving team. <laughs> yeah, it's an extreme it's Kyrie very much. 59 and, points and then not much else. And there's already the... Um, there's already the like weird Kyrie media stories coming out like, yeah. six, like six games in, and that was a weird one. Yeah, yeah, it's like uh, I don't know, man. I feel like they should have thought about that, uh, but also Brooklyn wouldn't sign um, the two dudes in KD and Kyrie without thinking, all right, are we going to sacrifice our amazing chemistry and maybe cap out at a first round exit, or are we going to get these superstars that are a bit weird and sort of they're quite weird. Extremely um, weird. But we'll have a higher ceiling of doing things. Um, one thing I would like to point out is someone was, I was listening to someone, I can't remember who it was, but they were at a Brooklyn game and um, someone caught side, like they were playing DeAndre Jordan, who just doesn't look like he, he cares very much about basketball anymore. Yeah, he's um, just cashing that $40 million check. Yeah. Um, and someone yelled out like, you know, you've already got KD, you don't have to play DeAndre Jordan. Like, calm down. Like, just, just take him out and put Jared Allen back in because mm. he is, yeah. He's, he's in the Trevor Ariza camp of yeah. Beach Whale. The, yeah, the the problem being that Ariza signed a one-year deal and yeah. DeAndre has got four yeah. years on his deal at four 10 million years. per year. Which, I mean, that, that <laughs> is like going to be pretty soon going to be like an albatross Yeah, Yeah, not, not too big, but, but I mean, it's, it's it doesn't like, help at all. You don't balk at playing $10 million to a player who can contribute, but not only is he not really contributing, he's also taking minutes away from Jared Allen, who will contribute. And Jared Allen's playing minimal minutes a game, and he's averaging 8 and 10 with a couple of blocks. Like, mm. you know, Jared Allen had his coming out party in the playoffs last season where he's just like, you know, using his insane athleticism and his nose for the ball, grabbing offensive rebounds and, you know, giving you like 12 and 12 with some really good D. Those are... Like, all of the above are things that DeAndre Jordan either can't or isn't interested in doing anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So... Well, the only good sign on that is that um, DeAndre's 10 mil and um, Torian Prince's near 15 mm. equals 25, which is close to the max contract. So if they want to trade for someone, they'll be able to scramble that together. Well, Torian Prince hit six threes the other day. So yeah. maybe, you know, <laughs> maybe they just hold on to him. Yeah, look, you're, you were... Uh, you are looking more right on that one, um, on that little prediction, that contract looking better yeah. than, than I was. But it's, then again, but I was right also, on Sacramento. So. <laughs> but it's also been six games, so I'll, yeah, temper my, I'll temper my last week on this podcast was a week for overreactions, and this week is the very week tempered, for yeah, very mellow. tempered, <laughs> mellow, rational analysis. So, But once we get to 10 games with Toy and Prince, if he's still shooting the lights out, I'm going to let you know about it. Yeah. I'm going to let you know about well, it. Well, once we get to 10 games, if Kai Boehm is still starting, I'm, <laughs> I might just have to retire for, for a couple of months. Might actually just get your league pass refunded. Yeah. Like, oh, can I turn it back in, I'll ask, I'll ask Tension if they're doing a deal. With, <laughs> if they're doing a refund deal. Anyway, that will be all from us tonight. Um, thanks for listening to this little Curry update episode. Um, and stay tuned during the week for another episode. Enjoy, guys. Thanks for listening. If you like what you're hearing and you want to help us out, remember to follow us on Spotify or leave a rating or review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. You can also hit us up on Facebook, Instagram or Twitter or get in contact with us at deep2podcast at gmail.com.
Thank you so much for your support and continued loyalty to the greatest Australian NBA podcast, the Deep 2 NBA podcast, and it is very much appreciated. Make it a great day. Make it a great day. Hey. Hey.